Welcome to Know Thy Trauma, a podcast by Wellspring Solutions Counseling Services. We are a group practice of licensed professional counselors who are dedicated to helping people heal the loss and trauma that is part of the human experience. The content in today's episode could be potentially triggering, so please use discretion as you listen. If you find yourself triggered, we encourage you to pause it, engage in something that soothes you, and return when you're ready. And as always, we encourage you to seek out your own therapy if needed. Hi, welcome to Know Thy Trauma. My name is Sharon Wegman. And I'm Kate Byler. And today we're going to be talking about Know Thy Medical Trauma. Mm. Um, so um, we want to, it was birthed out of a recent visit to the OBGYN that I thought <laughs> we need to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> so Kate, why don't you talk about, again, let's go back and keep defining what trauma is. Sure. So if you're kind of just joining us or just need a refresher, trauma, I think, I think in the media sometimes or growing up, we're thinking trauma is like a major car accident or a major death in the family. And it can be those things. But trauma is really defined individual to the person. So it's not always the event that's happened, but it's how your body reacted during the event, what you were feeling during it, how your mind processed it. That's what qualifies it a trauma. So we say that so Sharon and I could go through the same exact traumatic event um, like a car accident or something and it could be far more traumatic for me than Sharon because of how my body processed it so it's just important to remember that that way you're not minimizing you know the events you've been through if someone else maybe wouldn't have seen it as traumatic it's true and we see that happen for a lot of people where somebody well that that's not a big deal right they minimize other people's trauma because they don't have that same experience but that's not really true at all based on your definition yeah okay so we wanted to talk about medical trauma because we see it a lot in our office and i was reminded about it when i went to my OBGYN (laughs) appointment which i don't think any woman on the face of the earth enjoys no However, when it is an ongoing monthly issue due to other issues, so I had infertility, I had infertility for nine years, and there was so much loss tied to my female reproductive system and all things female oriented down there that going there can be very traumatic and Mm -hmm. it's just i i noticed the difference because on this particular occasion my OBGYN was like in she was in a hurry because she wanted to go to lunch or something (laughs) and i just felt more invalidated or unheard Mm -hmm. on this particular time and it really triggered me a lot because it stirred up a lot of things that i had put to rest a long time ago sure so it can look like so many different things, but it's really an, a medical issue that causes a significant loss in mm-hmm. your life, whatever that is, whether it's infertility, our, our office administrator has SIBO, you can look that up, <laughs> we will not be explaining that, but we, uh, we, we, we walk that through with her. Um, it's ongoing losses that really mount up, or a single event, and which was very traumatic. Right. That required a lot of maybe doctor's appointments or therapy, you know, or still encompasses that loss piece. Maybe for a certain amount of time you were immobile, you know, et cetera. So that's actually one of the things that we ask of people when we're doing a very detailed history is 
what did you have a major accident was there a major injury within your home somebody was hospitalized for mm-hmm. a significant period of time we want to know if there was medical trauma anywhere in their childhood right. because that impacts their current trauma levels yeah for sure all right so let's talk about different medical traumas yeah so the first one that we feel like is like pertinent to most people is if you have a mean doctor <laughs> Yes. Um, And that just looks like maybe the doctor is really good at treating your symptoms. Maybe they know what's going on, but are they compassionate? Are they empathetic? And that can be pretty traumatizing or just like a really, I'm going to say like just a crappy feeling because you're in your most vulnerable state a lot of those times, right? You're hoping, am I going to get better? Is this going to impact how I can be with my kids? Is this going to impact how I have children, et cetera? All these vulnerable questions. And if we have a very uh, maybe not so compassionate doctor to in these moments, it can just feel very raw. Ugh. And yeah. you leave feeling just like, not a person. I don't know how else to put it. You leave feeling empty, emotional. It wouldn't be uncommon to go back to your car and cry and and feel confused. Like, am I allowed to be this emotional? And you are. But some doctors just don't have great bedside manner. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, some of them can be narcissists because they're attracted to the profession. Sorry, go back and listen to our narcissist episodes. (laughs) And we're not saying all doctors are narcissists. Yeah, no. If you're a doctor, please forgive us. But, but, But they are attracted to the power of the position, right? So, and therefore, you know, the whole series on uh, Dr. Death, right? Mm -hmm. He was attracted to the, um, accolades yeah. he would get from being a doctor, even though right. he was a horrible doctor. Right, right. He had a good bedside manner, though. <laughs> he was very charismatic. Yes. Right. So, you know, having a mean doctor can be a very vulnerable thing when you're going through a very vulnerable medical crisis. Right, which just kind of leads into the whole idea yeah. that there's nothing wrong with you. You know, mm-hmm. many times it takes a long time for doctors to figure out what's going on with you and in the process they can be because of their own powerlessness their own lack of knowledge of this particular thing they can literally make you feel very invalidated yeah and and blame it on stress right when it is something serious i mean how many hundreds of stories do we have to hear on that mm-hmm. uh, you know before someone finally gets answers so again very traumatizing right and i'm wondering when even if stress is a part of it, it's still invalidating when the doctor isn't explaining to you why stress is a part of it, right? So if someone just says, oh, you're just stressed, it makes it sound like you're blowing this out of proportion. Stress is actually still a pretty big deal and takes a pretty big toll on our bodies, but most people are pretty uneducated as to how and why. So stress usually isn't the whole answer, but if it's a part of it, I'm sure it would feel nice to explain and like validate even the stress. <laughs> Right. So it's it's tough when you're, uh, you know, trying to explain a very intimate medical condition and a doctor's like, well, have you thought of stress? <laughs> yeah. No. Again, we love doctors. Right. We're, we're good. <laughs> okay. So then when, time, when you have, um, you can have a loss that um, medical issues are tied to. We, t- we talked about two podcasts ago how sometimes trauma can be 
coupled with other things. So a medical loss, mm -hmm. a medical issue can be tied to specific losses. And as I said, with my infertility, that, that, that impacted, um, you know, my career, it mm -hmm. impacted how many times I had to go to the doctor, it impacted how I related to other people with yeah. children, it impacted so many different aspects of my life. So again, that medical issue caused lots of other losses mm -hmm. and they're coupled together yeah so you had to not only grieve the what infertility brought in itself and not being able to have a baby but you had to grieve all the other losses that came with it absolutely um and so another one is hospitalization and I, I really have nothing, I can't speak into this as if I've gone through it, but I, I do know people that have. And just feeling, I mean, just being in a hospital to me is traumatizing. Like when I visit certain sure. people, you know, having to see things. So hospitalization, I can only imagine it would feel isolating. It would feel lonely. You feel like there's also that missing piece of, of loss. You're missing out on things. Yeah. <laughs> You're not really experiencing life the way we're meant to. It's You don't have all your comforts, no. your people that you can access right. unless they come in, unless they call you. Yeah, you're still in a medical facility. It's not like you're in something where it's a home and it's comfortable. Um, you know, even food and how things, you know, that's just traumatizing in itself. So just know that if that has been something, a part of your life, and you feel very triggered even thinking about going into a hospital, that would make a lot of sense. Sure. Even people who had that happen as a child will have a really huge reaction mm -hmm. about it as an adult. Why? Because it's a, still a trauma in their yeah, body. You're associating it to that trauma in your life. Yeah. Um, you know, another one would be every time you go to the doctor, you're not getting good news. I'm just going to keep using my infertility example because I can just remember, I can actually remember exact conversations. Mm. That's how traumatizing it was to hear more bad news, more mm -hmm. bad news, more bad news. And so, um, hospital medical issues were causing me trauma, having to talk to the doctor trauma, right? Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. The next one, we're talking about implicit memory. I'm not really quite sure where to go on this one. Well, the what implicit memory is sometimes you don't actually have memory of it. Oh, okay, right. So maybe something happened when you were zero to three. Um, or, you know, we could have such a traumatic memory that we've talked about this before in our podcast that you your, your brain blocks it out because it wants to protect you from remembering something so painful. Or, I'm thinking even, maybe you were in a car accident or something and you have no memory. <laughs> Exactly. But if you've listened to our other podcasts, you'll understand that implicit memory exists a lot within our body. So trauma responses might not make sense because your body is telling you you're in danger even though you remember nothing. Mm -hmm. But if you have someone in your life to able to say, yes, this happened to you, that will help, you know, kind of keep, keep you like, oh, this makes sense then. Okay, and now I'm remembering why we wrote this down. Okay, good. <laughs> Which was I, I had I had a friend I have friends over the over the years that when their child gets to a certain age, they start feeling traumatized by their own health issues, whatever mm. the kids' health issues mm -hmm. is. And 
really it was more about what happened to them at that age but we have to kind of dig around and figure uh, that out yes yeah so sometimes we can be have an implicit memory that we're projecting outward mm-hmm. onto our own children our mm-hmm. own family members when it's really something that we have forgotten all about right or have no memory of yeah or maybe even thought oh i've gotten past this <laughs> right um we talk about socialization coupled with medical trauma. I know I'm going to give Mandy, Mandy, who's listening to us and recording this podcast, you know, she talks frequently about how triggering it is to, you know, not be able to go and eat with everybody because she can't eat the same foods because of her SIBO. And so it's, so going to some type of socialization is very, and it's coupling with medical trauma mm-hmm. is very, very triggering for her and hard to figure out how do I move forward because I'm triggered trauma. I'm trauma triggered. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, what, what am I going to do? How am I going to do this? It, it, it's just very medical right, trauma again. Right. And is there like with people with chronic illness, is the thing I'm going to or the house I'm going to, is this a safe space to say no, I can't drink coffee or like, I'll just have like water or no, I can't have that lunch. I'm sorry. Like I brought my own. Like that is also stressful because people unfortunately take offense to that. Exactly. Which is strange, but you know, that adds a whole other level of stress of how am I going to communicate this Mm. and will that make it awkward? You know, we don't know what that's like if you don't have a chronic illness and having to have certain things that are needed for you and and for you to get better. Sure. I want to be able to go and feel safe and feel feel comfortable and not have you um, try and make up solutions for me that I know aren't going to work. Or, or personalize my denial of your food. <laughs> <laughs> it has yogurt in it, right? So uh, <laughs> that's just for Mandy. Uh, so let Obviously, when you have a lot of medical trauma and ongoing pain issues, Mm. lots of times addiction can be coupled with your pain, with your medical trauma. And I know um, we're very close with the Karen Foundation nearby, which is a um, a drug and alcohol treatment center. And friends who work there will say a lot of people that are drug and alcohol addicted are, are there because of their medical pain. Yes, and I can really speak to that. I used to work with a lot of um, addicts, moms that struggled with addiction, and most of their stories was, you know, after um, a car accident and and they, you know, had to get back surgery because of it or neck surgery, or they couldn't afford proper surgery because of... Um, Poor healthcare. Yeah, poor healthcare. So the doctor gave them pain meds to manage it. And, you know, I'll say this, like none of us really know how our body would respond to that level of addiction either in those moments. And so going to the doctor and managing pain is a very traumatic thing. Living with chronic pain is insanely difficult. Right. And, and, I, and I think society in general um, stigmatizes individuals who have addiction, but we need to really understand that a lot of them became addicted because of medical issues. Mm-hmm. So we have the stigmatization mixed with the medical trauma and mixed with the need for something that is, is, not, is going to be very triggering to the rest of the society. Right. So 
our our last one, and I'm sure there's more that you guys have lived through and can think of that aren't on this list, but we also wanted to point out, if you're a spe- sexual abuse victim, going to the doctor can be extremely mm-hmm. triggering. And that would make sense, partially because as a sexual abuse victim, trusting someone with our body is extremely hard to do. And especially going to the OBGYN for women, I imagine, is just very, very tense and stressful. So, again, this is kind of like a normalization that if that is triggering and feels very traumatizing to have to do that with your body, even if it's a normal checkup, that would make a lot of sense. Mm. And I guess I would have to say advocate for yourself if you can. So ask for a woman doctor or the doc, uh, the gender you would like. Um or a friend to come with you. Right. And and if you don't have to have something, you know, advocate for yourself and say, no, thank you. You know, that's True. not something True. I feel comfortable with. Um, unless it's like emergency or crisis, I don't think doctors have to do something if do you not. deny something. So I would say try to advocate for yourself, which, also, which I know is hard. But um, I will say doctors and places are becoming more privy to this. I do see that. So that's really exciting. So it wouldn't be bizarre for you to, to deny something Absolutely. or request a female or male, depending on your trauma. Sure. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So let's talk about strategies because probably if you're listening to this, you either know somebody who has this problem or you have it, particularly if you're female. Sorry. <laughs> um, and men have their own issues, but... Okay, so the first one would be, we need to name it as what it was. My last doctor experience was triggering. Mm -hmm. It was because of my medical trauma. And I had to name it and identify it as such instead of, why am I so worked up? This is ridiculous. I had to have self-compassion on myself and just say, and, and kind of like talk to myself in soothing ways. It's okay. She was... She was in a rush. It was blah, blah, blah. I had to talk to myself in a place of self-compassion. For sure. And and we talk about the next the next strategy would be telling safe people. Or we, we advocate a lot to have a safe community where you can process these things. Meaning not, your, not that your friends need to be your therapist, but your friends can validate for you that that was a terrible experience. And, and I, you, they would feel that way too. Yeah, definitely. And um, as we said before, for when we were talking about sexual abuse victims accessing help, develop a strategy for yourself when you know it's going to be triggering. Mm-hmm. What is your safety plan? What are what do you need to have present? It's not like you can't can get rid of doing some of the things you have to do, but what's the thing that would make it feel safest? Be able to advocate for yourself, have someone there, maybe reward yourself with a coffee afterwards, right. something to look forward to. Seriously. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I do know, but it doesn't minimize what you're dealing with. Yeah. And, and I guess that goes right along with our next one, which is verbalizing it to the safe people in those settings. And when we say in those settings, does that mean when we're at the doctors, finding those safe people, or? I don't know what we meant. Okay. <laughs> That's why I'm like, well, uh, well, I mean, let's well, just. To, to be I, able to say, I, I did say, I, I, ha- I remember I have said, this is very triggering yes. to me. And um, 
as a result of that, I think it's probably on my chart and my doctor talks excessively as a result of that. <laughs> right. So I do think if you feel comfortable with the people giving you some of the medical care, it is okay in those moments to advocate for yourself. I remember when I was in labor, I and I've always just wanted women doctor. That's all I've always wanted. Um, I was fine with residents coming in, and this very nice male doctor, this very nice male resident asked if he could check something. And I said, no. <laughs> I was like, no, there's, I'm sure you're n- not creepy. I'm sure you're very nice. But I just, I'm not comfortable with that. And he was, like, so kind. He was like, this happens to me all the time <laughs> on this floor as a resident. <laughs> I get denied all the time. <laughs> so it's, you know, I felt like he was a safe person to say no to. But you could still advocate in those settings. And, and you know, your doctor and your nurses don't know what they don't know. They do not. So just give them that. Like, they're trying to do their job. So they don't know until you tell them. Right. And, um, yeah. So you were amazing to be able to just verbalize that to him. And that's because you are well aware of your own body and what you can and cannot deal with. Which Mm -hmm. is, again, why you need to do your own therapeutic work. Right. So you're aware of how to verbalize that in those types of settings. Right. Um, We just said it's so important to ask around from your friends Mm. who are individuals who are safe. Yes, you can now do the research and read the reviews online. Yeah. To figure out what a person is like, Mm -hmm. um, because if you don't do that research, it's just a a roll of the dice. Mm -hmm. It could be a bad experience or it could be a good experience. So we always say, do your research, ask around. And then if if you are spiritual, um, we always say like prayer is a huge thing. Right. So that just, that could be taken any way. Prayer for great doctors, prayer for inside for those doctors prayer for healing i mean don't underestimate you know what prayer can do in your journey of finding safe uh medical help exactly and, and for me i'm always like god i don't want to do this mm-hmm. i can't do this i need your help i need supernatural power to do this thing that feels really hard um, and it's not that I'm not going to have a traumatic experience, but I need you to show where you are. I need right. you to be very present. I need to feel comforted there. Right. So I need to be aware of your presence. Yeah, and just uh, providing the right people at the right time. Mm-hmm. I remember um, my son was delivered. He was a very giant baby and I'm very tiny (laughs) and they had to use a vacuum to help get him out um and everything was fine but then about two months later a sack of fluid like showed up on the back of his head and uh at it was prime COVID and so the we did telehealth and my pediatrician, I, I do love him. He's great. But I don't, I, just to a new mom, you don't say this. He says, yeah, that's not normal. <laughs> just like immediately crying. So they had us come in. And I was praying because, of course, I'm thinking worst case scenario. Um, but I remember praying, like, uh, just give me, like, a nice doctor. Mm. And when we came in, it was an older woman. And she said, I've only seen this once in my entire career. And it was the exact, exact to a T, same scenario. And that the fluid went away, the boy was fine, and I we're gonna do an ultrasound just to be sure. But I just felt so comforted. Yeah. And I just I do think prayer has to do with those moments of reaching out and finding some 
you know, we can't control everything. I couldn't control if it was really bad or not, but God was able to give me comfort through a doctor. Right, comfort. That was so important. So look, pray for comfort. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Be sure you go on and give us good ratings. Yes. (laughs) Because that's how we build the podcast. (laughs) And um, we thank you for listening. See ya. For more information, visit our website, wellspringssolutions.com, which is linked in our show notes, along with any downloads or resources from today's episode. If you have any questions, feel free to DM us on social media and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Whole Self Therapists. Original music featured in this episode is by Christopher Burkholder.